you're listening to Living For It, a podcast about daily life, tips and tricks, and life as a photographer. I'm your host, Sarah Johnson, a wedding photographer with a bachelor's degree, an obsession with my Birkenstocks, and a passion for creating something bigger than myself. Hey friends, you're listening to episode six of Living For It, and I'm so glad you guys are still here hanging out with me each and every week. It means so, so much to me to have this much support when starting a podcast. It hasn't been an easy road, but one thing that's always stayed consistent is my amazing audience and how much love you guys show for me every single week. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and if you haven't yet, it would make my day if you could leave a review in iTunes for me and tell me what you think about the podcast. I will read every single review, and I appreciate your opinion so much. All right, without further ado, let's dive into episode six. I'm warning you, this one is a throwback for sure. Let's rewind to 2006. I was 16 years old a sophomore in high school, and still trying to figure out what life was really about. But one thing that was for certain, I knew what I wanted to do when I grew up. I knew I wanted to be, drum roll please, an interior designer. (laughs) I loved interior design and I still do. But one thing has changed. I am not an interior designer by profession. I am a wedding and senior portrait photographer. So it seems like I went down a little bit of a different path. But in 2006, I was living it up doing interior design for money. So that's what today's episode is all about. The story of how I used to decorate Christmas trees. One of the most constant things in my life has always been my sport. I started out roller skating at the age of three, but I switched to ice skating at 10 and quickly fell in love with the sport. I loved the grace, I loved the quickness, the speed on the ice, and I loved jumping. It feels like you're flying. It is one of the coolest experiences, and I can't even describe it other than flying. It's so exhilarating. For years and years, I had tested through the sport and finally climbed the ladder to the senior level of figure skating. It took me seven times to pass that test, but in my defense, it was the hardest test in the sport. On the seventh time, I finally passed. Ever since, I have been so proud of the fact that I am considered a gold medalist senior level U.S. figure skater. But adult life has really caught up with me these days and figure skating has taken a back seat and this makes me so sad and breaks my heart. And since this podcast is about passion, I have vowed to myself to start figure skating more and get back in the groove and bring back my love. Because if I'm not living for it, I'm not doing it. And currently, I'm doing the exact opposite. 
I miss skating so much. So please, friends, hold me accountable. If you're friends with me on Instagram, hold me accountable because even I need a little bit of motivation sometimes. I've also said that about my gym membership, but that's a different story. Anyone else have a a gym membership just kind of withering away in their wallet or purse just waiting for you to go back to the gym? Yeah, I've definitely got one of those. But back to ice skating. So while I was skating full-time, I was also coaching at the rink. So I worked for the park district for eight years, and we would do learn to skate classes, and I was one of the figure skating coaches for that. And it was so much fun. So during the time that I was skating, I had become really close with some of the other skaters, as well as some adult skaters. One of those adult skaters who I call Aunt Jerry, I became very close with, and she was an interior decorator. See where this is going? (laughs) So Aunt Jerry used to decorate Christmas trees for extremely gorgeous homes in the Crystal Lake, Bull Valley, Woodstock areas, which are some suburbs of Chicago. So she had five houses roughly. And she invited me to come along and watch her decorate these homes for Christmas. I was over the moon, like freaking out so excited. Because if any of you have seen Traditional Home Magazine, that's the style of work that she was doing. Like I'm talking massive trees, a million dollar home, $800,000 homes, craziness. Things that were way above my pay grade. I had no real experience with interior decorating. I had only expressed to her how much I loved it and that I had a passion for it. And she took me under her wing and I was so stoked. So one day after ice skating, we left to head to one of the Christmas houses, as we called them, and I got to see her in action. At first, I was just kind of like a little background assistant. I would help her grab the totes out of the storage room in the basement, or I would help her unbox all the Christmas ornaments, or make a quick run to Hobby Lobby and do some shopping for some extra garland or wreath that we were missing that we needed. Soon that changed, and I ended up taking over for her when she didn't feel like doing all of that work anymore. And rightfully so. It was quite a job. I totally understand why she wanted a break and just wanted to relax. So she left it in my hands after she had prepped me for a few years on everything I needed to know. I'm not going to tell you that I wasn't nervous when I finally was handed over the glittering, sparkly, hypothetical Christmas tree topper of responsibility because I was very nervous. (laughs) But I was extremely grateful and super excited to start this journey. She taught me how to create my own garlands and tie in ornaments so that they would fill the garlands and make them look stunning and thick and gorgeous. I learned how to create those beautiful, giant, fluffy bows that you see tied up on Christmas trees or on exteriors of homes. 
I learned how to properly, yes, there is a proper way, it sounds so silly, but there is a proper way to dress a Christmas tree. And I had no idea that that was a real thing until I was taught. So the proper way to actually adorn a Christmas tree is to put your ornaments in clumps of three. So a little fun fact, but if you want better looking Christmas trees, do your ornaments in groupings of three. So if you have similar bronze colored ornaments or brown colored ornaments or copper colored ornaments, each one of those different color tones, you do a triangle on the tree in any form that you want. You could do a smaller triangle, you could do an isosceles, you could do an obtuse triangle, you could do any shape that you wanted as long as it was a three-pointed shape, some sort of triangle. That way you know that you are going to never have the same ornament touching itself. You will always have different colored ornaments throughout your tree if you follow the triangle rule. Super fun. Now try doing that with like 4,000 ornaments per tree. Yeah, this job was so labor intensive. I never in my wildest dreams thought it would be that hard. So 4,000 ornaments on, I'm just gonna tell you about this one house. So there's this one house that had like eight Christmas trees in it. And this house was like an eight or $900,000 house. It was massive and the family had this living room and in the back of it, it kind of had these like bay windows. So they were curved out and the tree fit perfectly there. It was probably three stories of windows in that particular area. So like if you were up on the second story of the house, you could like look down over the living space and you could see that Christmas tree just taking over that whole entire nook full of windows. So this tree was 16 feet tall and it was probably 10 or 11 feet wide maybe 10 feet wide. I don't even know if that's an exact dimension for a Christmas tree, but I, I know it was for sure 16 feet tall. This was the biggest tree that I had done. So all of the ornaments on this tree were like a hunt club kind of theme. So we designed, and remember at this point in time, Aunt Jerry had left this all to me. So it was just me, myself, and I decorating this massive tree for these extremely wealthy people who allowed me to come into their house and fully trusted me to set up all of these decorations. They must have had some faith in me because at the time I was only like 18. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But anyway, so I'm on this ladder, okay? I don't wear heels now, even though I love to wear heels, but I, I don't really wear heels now. I'm kind of more of a Birkenstock person and I have been for the majority of my 20s. But back then, I was wearing heels and black dress pants and a nice black blouse just to look super professional because I was the interior decorator, so I had to look all snazzy. <laughs> so I'm up there on this ladder for this 16-foot tall tree wearing heels, black dress pants. I am hot. I'm sweaty. Like, I am seriously decorating this entire modern day mansion. It was like a 6,000 square foot house. And all of a sudden I'm just like, holy cow, 
I am going to fall off this ladder if I'm not careful. So the tree topper, since I said it was like a hunt club type theme, we went with these really, really cool pheasant feathers. And instead of doing like a traditional angel or a star at the top of the tree, these feathers gave the tree even more height because it was pheasant and quail feathers put together and I stuck them in the top of the tree almost like they were cascading out or like a water fountain coming out from the top of the tree, if you can imagine this. And it was just the coolest looking thing I had ever seen. It was awesome. So paired with the pheasant feather tree topper, there were 4,000 ornaments on this humongous tree. And they were all bronze, gold, dark green, because if you have a green tree and you want to add some depth to your tree, you should always use the same color as the tree. So get some really dark green, hunter green ornaments, and you can use those to fill your tree. So I'm a firm believer that there can never be enough ornaments on a Christmas tree if you know how to do it properly. Sometimes it looks like Christmas threw up all over your tree, and that's okay. I actually have a tree that looks like that, that I set up for the holidays, and it's intentional. I'll talk about that in just a second. But if you want to add some depth, then you should definitely fill your tree with those deep hunter greens. And you can even get some black ornaments. Never be afraid of black ornaments. They are so chic, they're so awesome, and they do nothing but pack on that deep rich tone to the inside of the tree. So hang those on the inside of the tree, kind of by the center, just where you are hanging the hunter green ornaments to, and that'll really fill out and fluff that tree for you. Guys, you don't need to buy like a $300 tree to have an awesome tree. I'm gonna say that right there. I am extremely passionate about Christmas decorations, and I personally have seven, I think. I have seven Christmas trees. Now, yes, I am counting some of the little ones, even the three footers and under still count. So I have one, two, I have four full size trees and then I have three little guys. So one's a little fiber optic tree. One is a silver tinsel tree and that we decorate like Dan's favorite football team, the Eagles. So that's kind of like his little Eagles tree where uh, we do like that dark um, bluish green tone to it and kind of wrap it in like silver garland and have some really cool um, Christmas tree picks coming out of it. Picks are the things that you see at um, Hobby Lobby and they're in that one aisle that's just full of picks and you look around and you're like, what the heck are these things and how do I use them? Those are Christmas tree picks. So those are just used to add filler or like a really cool shape to the tree coming out. They're super fun. So that silver tinsel tree has that. Um, the fiber optic tree has all clear ornaments on it because I wanted it to look like it was very crystalline. So it's one of my favorites. I love it. But I need to focus and get back to the other part of my story. I will come back to my Christmas trees later. So back on track, but this is my brain. And like I said, I am living life unedited. So that's another reason why I'm apologizing, but I'm sorry, not sorry. I can't help it. So back to the 16 foot tall hunt club tree. 
All of the ornaments came from Frontgate, and they are an ornament distribution company. They're really beautiful. So if you want to look at investing in some extremely high quality, but yet breakable, they're usually glass. So that's how you know they're real and beautiful. Look at Frontgate for some really stunning ornaments. Doesn't mean you have to buy them for your entire tree. They are pricey. But if you want some really beautiful, unique pieces that you're not going to find at Hobby Lobby, even though I love me some Hobby Lobby Christmas and I clean them out when it comes time to the 40% off Christmas decorations, I'm just saying. But if you want some really unique pieces that you can't find anywhere else, definitely look up Frontgate. That's F-R-O-N-T-G-A-T-E. And see what they've got on their website because you can find some gorgeous things. I have a really bad feeling that this episode is going to cause some crazy Christmas competition <laughs> this year, but I guess it's all in the spirit of fun. So knock yourselves out. And I honestly can't wait to see what you guys make. So if any of these tips and tricks I'm telling you help you, then please share them with me on social media and tag me in your post because I love me some Christmas if you could not tell. So anywho, back to the tree. There were also some really cool special pieces, kind of like um, a chipmunk. There were some glass birds. There were uh, acorns and just real earthy pieces to it as well. We had some ornaments that had antlers on them. Just a ton of really cool like woodland hunt club type ornaments. But the last ornament that went on the tree was one that I had to take extra care in hiding. And that ornament was the pickle ornament. For those of you who don't know the story about the pickle ornament, but have seen them at Hobby Lobby and wondered why the heck someone would want a pickle on their tree unless they just really loved some sweet baby dills, the reason is because it's a German folklore tradition. I'm part German, so I find it fascinating that I had no idea what the tradition really was until I started decorating trees. So the pickle tradition goes like this. The pickle ornament is supposed to be the last ornament that is hung on the tree. You're supposed to hide it while Santa Claus or the parents are supposed to hide the ornament. And when the children see the Christmas tree for the very first time on Christmas morning, it's a contest to see who can find the pickle ornament the fastest because the first child who finds the pickle ornament the fastest is given an extra gift. I have no idea how true this story is. I've just been told that that's what the tradition of the German pickle ornament means. So <laughs> I think it's pretty interesting, but for fun, I totally have a pickle on my Christmas tree. Um, yeah, like I feel like it's a Christmas staple now. Oh, and there's an awesome festival if you live in the Chicagoland area. I don't know if they do them other places, but there's this thing called the Christ Kindle Market, and there's one in Naperville, Illinois, and there's also one in Chicago, and I'm almost positive that they had one in Milwaukee this past year. So the Christ Kindle Market is like a German Bavarian type of um, town that is set up 
And it's usually in like a large parking lot area or something big enough or like a park so that people can actually walk around and see this little German town. So they're actual vendors from Germany or Bavaria. And the things they are selling are handmade all around the world. So I bought an ornament that was made in Jerusalem out of an olive tree and it is the Star of Bethlehem and it's so pretty. There are handmade ornaments from Germany that are like blown glass and then hand painted. Oh my gosh. And then there's the most amazing hot chocolate you will ever have in your entire life. It's actually called drinking chocolate because it's a lot thicker than hot cocoa. It is the greatest stuff on earth. I'm not kidding. And it comes with a giant scoop of handmade whipped cream. Oh my gosh. Like I said, I'm a summer person. I wouldn't wish summer away for anything, but that is the one thing that I look forward to most when the winter months arrive are going to the Chris Kindle market. Oh, and the mugs that you get when you get that hot chocolate, you get to keep. And those mugs are the cutest. So it's kind of like a collector's thing too. So if you've never been, I swear you need to make a day of it and go. You will absolutely love it. So besides these giant Christmas trees in all different varieties, the Hunt Club tree that I was telling you about, there was another tree in the foyer that I loved and I thought it was so beautiful. It was a white tree and it was decorated with these like white feathers and these like angels. It was just extremely angelic or heavenly. It was gorgeous. White sparkles everywhere. It just really glistened and it was kind of more like a winter wonderland, um, ethereal tree per se. I think ethereal is a really great word to describe that. So that would sit in the foyer and that would greet people the second they walked in. And if you can picture this, a giant banister for the staircase that wrapped up and curved up to the right and reached around to the second story. That banister garland, I personally had to install myself. <laughs> that was no easy task. I think that banister garland was probably like 40 feet in length. So lugging that thing up the stairs, I secured the top of it and draped it all the way down and I would swag it down the stairs until it reached the bottom. And then comes the hard part, tying on all of the ornaments individually. Because if you wrap this garland up and put it in a tote for storage, you shouldn't really leave the ornaments on there unless they're not breakable, like if they're a plastic origin ornament. Because on accident, what if something happens to the tote and one of those glass ornaments shatters? It would just be so sad. And friends, I'm not kidding. Some of these people literally spent 10 grand on their Christmas decorations, which to me is insane. And there's probably some of you listening out there who is like, that's nothing. I can do that easy. But for me, I'm like, mm, Hobby Lobby discount, as you know. 
<laughs> but so that was amazing. I loved that banister garland. And then there were a few archways that also had garlands wrapped around it that I would incorporate ornaments and really fluff it up and kind of weave some like thick, chunky um, gauze, like a gauzy ribbon through it just to kind of thicken it up. And then as we keep moving into the house, there is the formal dining room. And this was so much fun to set up because the table, picture a table set for 10. It is huge. There's like a champagne colored silk tablecloth with this puddled sheer overlay over top, just draping over and just pooling underneath of the table. It was breathtaking. On top of this massive table, I interwove some garland greens and some ornaments to really thicken it up. And there were these beautiful ironwork branch sculptures that just met together like two sides of a heart and just filling this whole table up with all of these gorgeous Christmas decorations brought the room to life and there was a buffet with some fancy china that only came out for the holidays and on top of that buffet was this amazingly gorgeous hand gold-leafed cherub with wings that sat there and that was like the homeowner's prized possession. So every time I got the cherub out of storage, I was kind of dying inside, terrified that something would happen to it on my way up to the dining room from downstairs. Thankfully, nothing ever happened to that cherub because I'm living to tell about it. So <laughs> every single house that I decorated like this had a different theme. So that was the Hunt Club theme kind of house with those rich, coppery, warm bronze tones and a little bit of whites and ivories here and there. Then there was another house that was like a soapstone and travertine type, like Italian looking home that had Christmas that matched that style. There was a lake house on Crystal Lake that had this old-timey yacht club theme, and it was so cute because the homeowner was like a retired radio personality. Yeah, how cool is that? And all of his ornaments were from every year that he had been a radio host. He had gotten a Christmas ornament with that year on it. And these were glass, old-timey ornaments. So these were his prized possessions. So again, now that was something I had to be super careful of because at that lake house, the storage was up in the attic. And so I had to get all of this Christmas down from the attic and drag it through the rest of the house and make sure nothing got broken because those ornaments were like his gold. You guys, it was magical. I'm kind of super sad that I don't do this anymore, but at the same time, I'm not because I just do it at my own house and it still makes me super happy. But I would even set up the exteriors on these homes as well. Like if you've ever driven by a house and they've got um, these blanketed lights on their shrubs or lights that go around a window or illuminate an urn in the front stuffed with Christmas decorations. I had to do that also. So that's one thing that I really don't miss because setting up Christmas decorations in the winter is super cold and not a lot of fun. So I'm skipping that part and I do not do that at my house because 
It's too cold. I'm sorry. Inside, yes. Outside, mm, no. I'll pass. <laughs> but every single house had its own language for Christmas, its own style, its own decor. It was just stunning, and I love doing it so much. So a few little tips for you guys, aside from the triangling of ornaments, like I mentioned earlier, another really fun thing you can do is don't go buy a tree skirt. Who cares? Those things are extremely overpriced sometimes, and for what reason? So I go to Hobby Lobby and I buy that gauze that I was telling you about, and it's usually on an end cap in the Christmas department, and it is in a pack, like a packet, I should say, clear. So you can see what color it is. I have the iridescent coppery, kind of pinkish coppery color, and I use that and just fluff it around the base of my tree. So when it comes Christmas on my Instagram, I will post photos of my trees because I'm in love with them, so you can expect to see that then. But that is a really fun, inexpensive tip that you can do to kind of elevate your Christmas tree. You can also take that gauze and interweave it through the branches to kind of create some depth like a ribbon that is encircling the entire tree from top to bottom. That is super gorgeous. And I usually do that on my white tree, which is in the living room. And it's got peaches and copper and this beautiful sea glass kind of color and it's almost like my like modern beach tree so and it also looks really nice because one of my chairs is a salmon suede color in my living room and it sits right next to that so it just goes so perfectly in that space but my second tree that's upstairs is a giant old-timey Christmas tree. It's an old-fashioned tree from like the 50s style. And do you remember seeing pictures of like a tinsel tree? I'm sure if you ask your grandparents or your parents and you look through old photos, someone had a tinsel tree because they were like the coolest thing and they were so in and I love the 1950s styling and decor that's kind of my jam so I really wanted an old-timey tinsel tree so I got this green tree at Target and this is tip number three I bought my green Christmas tree after Christmas you guys it was seven dollars it was not a pre-lit tree. It didn't have lights already on it, but that's okay because I'm an LED fan anyways. I love the crisp brightness of an LED light. Plus, I think it gives like a more natural like daylight temperature rather than that super warm, yellowy, like incandescent glow, which is beautiful on the right tree. And it's gorgeous with the decor that looks amazing with it. But for me, I really, really love that bright white look. So I was okay that the tree did not have lights already on it. So I bought this $7 tree from Target and I love Target. So it was perfect. It was a win-win. The tree is six feet tall, you guys, $7. So I decided that was going to be my old-timey traditional Christmas tree. So that one I have draped tinsel all over and it's nothing but antique ornaments that I have found thrifting or that have been handed down to me from my grandparents, aka tradition and legacy, which is something I hold super dear to my heart and I love very much. So that tree to me kind of represents old-timey family 
old traditions, nostalgia. That is that vintage red and green and gold type look, and I adore that tree. In the basement, I have this non-traditional tree that I just was dying to have, and it is a rose gold tinsel tree. It's a pencil tree, so it's super narrow and really tall. So it's kind of fun because it doesn't take up a lot of space. So if you have an apartment or a townhome or a condo or a space that's just on the smaller side, maybe you want to put something in your bedroom and have a cool tree there. A pencil tree is perfect for that because they are super tall and super slender. So you can just kind of fill those up with any ornaments that you like. And remember, if you see a tree that looks kind of scraggly and scrawny, don't feel bad. You should still buy it and just chalk that baby full of ornaments to really thicken it up. And do your best to get the same ornaments as the color of the tree, just to add that depth in there to make it seem a lot fuller than it really is. I also have a gold tinsel tree that is a pencil tree as well, and that's in my kitchen, and I call it the kitchen tree. And if Julie Michelle is listening from Julie Michelle Cakes, which you guys will get to meet shortly, I'm gonna have an episode with her, spoiler alert. She always comments on my kitchen tree, and I think she secretly laughs because I kind of keep that tree up all year long. And (laughs) it's become a bad habit, you guys. I always mean to take it down, but I just kind of forget about it since it's just in the corner (laughs) of like my dining nook. It hangs out with my plants, okay? It keeps my plants company and I like the glow that it has. So it just lives there and I have no shame. Well, guys, that is it for this episode. I've rambled for 33 minutes about the amazingness of Christmas decorations. I've given you some tips that you can use towards your own Christmas this year, and I can't wait to hear what you guys do. I can't wait to see photos of it. So post it on social media and tag me in it so I can see the awesomeness that you guys create. Thanks so much for listening to one of my earlier passions in life, which I'm still living for today. And I will catch you later on episode seven. See you guys. Did you love our little hangout sesh? I know I did. So if you are living for it just as much as I am, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and download every new episode that comes out. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, make sure whatever you do in life, you're living for it.